Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Keys Podcast. Today, we have one of my favorite personalities in Keys <laughs> joining us today. His name's Yari, also known as Snuff on the Discord, legend developer. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, for Daniel, for bringing this beautiful man oh, come onto on. our team. I'm not going to take the thunder away from him. So if you can just give a little bit of an intro on your background and who you are before we get into the good stuff, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure, for sure I can. That's so cool. as He's you been said, waiting for this. <laughs> uh, you've been waiting for this? Nice, nice. Yeah, so as said, uh, Yari Snuff, developer, coming from a you know technical background, software engineering, started in school, didn't like school, fucking hated school, dude. Oh, school sucks. Cheers. Yeah, it, it just sucks. It's yeah. like you learn, learn nothing that you're going to use eventually. So I was like, yo, I'm out at 18, started working, doing some Hell side yeah. gigs. So sick. Get into it, you know. And uh, now I'm 25 and uh, working for Streamlabs Logitech as real job. And then on the side, I'm hustling with the boys from Keys to bring the new Web3 technology to life. That's a go. Oh, man, Web3. So where, where are you from, Yari? Yeah, I'm originally, originally from the Netherlands. Very so nice. if there's any accent, don't blame me. Just don't. I don't hear any accent. What are you talking about? Dude, there's a, there's a small accent, eh? <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, what are you doing? You need it better, eh? Yeah. You need it better? Why? You can't hear me? Dude, fuck that shit. I'm just going to talk inside yeah, of this motherfucker. Inside, <laughs> that <should> be fine. <laughs> Dude, that's so fucking weird. So when you were in school, what made you not like it? And what was the decision or what happened that made you say, okay, I'm out. I'm going to start working for myself. So basically, the first thing that triggered me was the teachers. Not going to lie. The teachers, it was the first time that they were giving the course. And basically, I'm, I'm looking. Hold at on. First off, what were you in? What, what are you studying? Like, what I'm you studying, studying uh, application development. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what happened is those teachers, they came in and they were like, yo, this is the first time we're going to give this course to you guys. It's a four-year course. You guys have to take it. And then it was the first time, so they didn't even know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember this one time, shout out to Mano, uh, but we had one teacher trying to teach us Rails in the beginning, where we on Rails. And, oh, wow. Uh, I had a I had an issue. It didn't really work. And then other people were like, "Yo, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like, why is it not working?" And they were asking the teacher, and the teacher literally said, "Yo, ask Meno. He knows." And I was like, "Dude, you're a teacher. Like, yeah. you should be telling us like what to do." It was so confusing. It was so weird. But yeah, it, that just really triggered me. And since then, it's always been really bad. And I was like, "Yo, I'm not gonna do this. Like, I'm not learning anything that I will use later on." Because I was just typing reports and shit. And the moment I hit the work field, guess how many reports I've written? Guess. Zero. Not one. Well, maybe one. one Fucking one. 0 0.5. One. I yeah. can't believe one I, I missed report. that one. Yeah. <laughs> one report. And I didn't even want to write it. It was yeah. literally for nothing. It was for myself, right. which is the worst part. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it didn't really teach me anything. So I quickly figured out when I was studying that I had to do other stuff on the side. Otherwise, I wasn't going to succeed as a developer. Mm -hmm. So I just had to start. So I was just creating my own stuff on the side, working for some clients, and that just snowballed. And then, you know. I feel like I had a, a really like the same experience as you when you have an inexperienced teacher and they don't know really how to teach. It kind of hurts because then they go and rely on other students in the classroom to teach you. I mean, I've had that with a couple program uh, programmer students, except Mr. Lane. Shout out, Mr. Lane. Um, and then I think basically only after I went by myself and started learning on my own is when I actually became a, a good developer. Um, so Yari, what was the first application that you 
like develop you had an idea and you're like okay i want to make this and you made it what was like the first one that kind of made you know curious oh that's know. a that's a good question actually so my first application that i build it's not out there anymore but it was a scrim finder so when i was playing competitive rainbow six siege 2 there was a situation where it was hard to find scrims basically you know exercise uh, games versus other teams. Also, oh, like practice games? Like practice games, yeah, okay. yeah, and custom lobbies. And what you always used to do is you go went on Twitter or Discord and you message people that you knew, like team managers Like looking and stuff. for group, and like, LFG. Yeah, like like LFG, but it was like looking for scrim. Like, hey, do you guys yeah. have time at like that time to play this and this map and all that kind of stuff. Right. So you always had to like contact them on Discord. And there was no real website that would actually let you sign up. And I mean, till this day, there isn't actually, I think, if I think about it right now, because they still do it on like Twitter and stuff because it's a little easier. Right. But uh, yeah, I was like, yo, fuck it. Let me make a website where you can just make make a scrim and that you're looking for people where you can message each other and that, you know, you find these scrims online. Like, hey, I want to scrim at, you know, 7 p.m. on a Tuesday. And then boom, you get a list of all the teams that are looking for scrims and what they're trying to play and what they're trying to practice. And you can find better matchmaking stuff like that. That's so cool. So that was the first idea I had. So when you, did you drop out of school? I didn't drop out. Or was out. it university that you kind of no, just No, I didn't go to university. To. In the Netherlands, ah. there's a whole different system. And uh, I was telling Jeffrey, um, basically, I gave my... Because of my PR in Canada, they need to have my school evaluation of how much it's worth in Canada. Right. And um, I sent in my papers officially, and I had to go to school for four years for this diploma, yeah? Four years. I get the letter of WES that, like, says, your your equivalent is... Guess what my relevant here is? Like, guess how, what my study was worth? Uh, two years. Three years. One year of college. One <laughs> year of college. Wow. I've been robbed. Wow. I've been going to school for four years for just a relevant year of college for one wow. year. Wow. So, yeah, Crazy. guys, if you're watching, go online, try to do as much on yourself as possible. Think about ideas. Think about how you can better be a better developer on your own. Mm -hmm. Learn online. Learn through Keys University coming soon. Hey. Hey. And just make sure you get going because yeah. if you are dependent on school, you're going to have a hard time. So my question is, when you, I'm not sure if you dropped out or you just decided to stop altogether um, or never went, but what was the first thing that you did when, when you left? When and I left school. What was, how did you hold it together? Where did you get your first job? Where are you making money from? How did that all work out? Yeah, so actually my life went pretty easy. And I asked my dad and my mom, like, hey, did you guys think I would be, you know, where I am right now? Because in their eyes, it's pretty successful. I still have a long way to go, but it's, it's, it's good for now. For sure. And uh, basically what they said is, no, we didn't. But it always was smooth sailing for you. And what they meant by that was when I was in school, I started my own projects on the side. I started to do a internship at the company. They asked me, yo, can you guys, can you stay after, do summer jobs and all that kind of stuff? So I just rolled into it. And then the year after, they got taken over by another company. And then they were like, yo, do you want to do your full-time internship with us? And I was like, yep, let's go. So I did that. After that, they were like, yo, you got a zero-hour contract. After school, you can just do your stuff. And then they were like, okay, we don't have anything for you anymore. And that's when I submitted my first apl uh, application to a job at Formedia, which is in Amsterdam. 
and they also just instantly hired me. So it's always been smooth sailing. Like I've not that's been rejected right once. No, 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 it's not right. no I'm at Streamlabs. Right. Yeah, so stream yeah, I did now. for media. Then I went professional gaming for six months. Back I'm my so parents. excited to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll touch that in a we'll, bit. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot to talk <laughs> There's about. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. And then um, after the professional gaming, I was like to my boss, I was like, yo, we have an entity in Sweden. I want to work there. I started working there. I started also my gym journey. Nice. Finally, because of a co-worker there. Should also talk about that because there's a lot to, there lots so to recognize. There's so much to touch <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy. And then in Sweden, I actually got in touch with Streamlabs and they were like, yo, do you want to try it for us? And I was like, fuck it, let's go. Because it's a it's a big upgrade. So I was like, yeah, I have to take this step. For sure. And uh, yeah, they just said like, yo, come on for like three months, do a trial. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went back to the Netherlands. Then COVID happened. They took me on full time after one month of trialing for Streamlabs. Nice. They were like, you're doing amazing. So please come aboard. Um, so I did that. And then a year later, because of COVID and, you know, that kind of stuff, I moved to Vancouver on the 9th of January last year, and now it's been over a year of moving to Vancouver. So I met you like only five months after you came, six months Dude, after you came. When was your in. birthday? So my birthday was August 10th, and I threw a little boat party and I invited everybody. I actually only knew Noah. I didn't really know Noah too, too well then, but it's I was like the third time we hung out. But I definitely know, knew that I wanted to get closer with him. Um, and so I'm just like, hey, come to my party and uh <laughs> exactly and and then basically like every i just invited everybody i knew at the time which wasn't too many people actually um, i mean like, it was what 15 people on the boat no but i mean there was a, a bunch of other people that like sh showed up just because it was true. a boat party yeah which true, was true. Thing. And, but like my close <laughs> friends were like maybe like five or six a lot people. of plus yeah. ones and plus twos yeah and plus, plus yeah, ones yeah. and plus twos <laughs> came but yeah i mean i think that was definitely a good uh, start for uh, for all of us and that's how you guys met as well um, so that was really cool, but I actually met Yari in an elevator. Yeah. Um, so I moved into my place, uh, sorry, pre-context, me and Yari live in the same apartment. Uh, next to each other, literally next like to each other. our walls are touching. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> he lives on one side of the building, I live on, on the other, but, uh, basically, um, I just see this guy with, by the way, he, he has the sickest tattoo ever, uh, sleeve. And so I'm like, wow, that's a pretty cool sleeve. And yeah, we just kind of got to talking. I saw him in the elevator, um, just kind of, you know, acquaintance. My name's Daniel, my name's Jari. And then I'm like, what do you do? And he's like a software developer. I'm like, yeah, me too. And then at the time I was working at Amazon and he's like, oh, you work, at, like, where do you work? I said, Amazon, where do you work? Logitech. And so, yeah, I kind of just sprung from there. As soon as you meet another software developer, you're like, okay, we have a lot in common because uh, you know what we kind of have to go through to to be a software developer. And so, yeah, we just uh, made friends. Then on top of that, uh, I used to play some World of Warcraft. I know Yara used to play World of... Is currently playing World of Warcraft. No, I actually stopped gaming altogether when I started working for you guys. Let's oh, go. Okay. So, yeah. Sick. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's gone. You're upgrading <laughs> your real-life character, so that's kind of what's <laughs> happening. Uh, but in, in, in general, like... Um, so much in common and then i came over for dinner one day on dude the, you made dinner i made dinner. had dinner on my yeah, thing because yeah. the few is like English i made some Bay. chicken broccoli yeah. and rice oh, keep, kept it simple gym we meals gym yeah, meals and meals. uh then we just uh came over and and then we just became friends so yeah kind of smooth rolled met. from there as well yeah. it's yeah. just like so much smooth sailing for sure yeah it's really nice so no fights yet no, no, not between me and Daniel. No, 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 no. no me no, and Yari no, no, like no. this, to be honest. Like, yeah, we're, we're just really, chilling. To be honest, we're like, like our, our personality <laughs> types is just like they're, they're like we're just too chill to ever like 
fight about things. Correct. Right? Like we just yeah. let each other swoop spill. I mean, I've always been critical. Not gonna lie. Like oh. he always had his like side gigs and shit. And first time oh, when he talked about lie. me with like NFTs, I you must have been <laughs> so so pissed. But honestly, not really. Like there, I knew, annoyed. I knew, like I knew the type of person like you are. You're kind of you're more of a realist. You're like True. okay, like correct. Is this actually gonna work? Like I don't really know. I'm more of like optimist. Let's try it. Let's go, do it. See what happens. You know, throw a mud on the wall and see what sticks. Um, and I'm not gonna lie with our, with my past projects, I sent them to Yari and then he just gave me like the best feedback. He's like, this is not good. Like you should do it like this. And so that's why I just like knew that I have to work with Yari, um, my future projects. And, but I had to get, have something good enough for him to work on. So that's kind of where he fit in with keys. But before we go to that, um, let's talk a little bit about like how you became a professional gamer. What, um, what <laughs> I'm so curious, but like, like how excited what is. made you first, like, obviously like you love gaming, what kind of made you get into gaming? And then after that, like what made you decide to become a professional gamer? Cause this is really, really cool. Yeah. It's actually also now while smooth sailing, maybe not so much, but it was, it was rather smooth, but yeah, as a kid growing up, I just loved to play video games. Like there was nothing else that I wanted to do than what play game? video games. Like what, what was your favorite game? Like when you were like growing up, choose one. If I had to choose one of my whole youth, yeah, I mean, be? it's going to be World of Warcraft, obviously, yeah. because <laughs> I've been playing it since before I was 12. Classic? Yeah, yeah. well, it, I started at like around like Burning Crusade kind of period BC, of time. BC was good. BC was so, good. So, I mean, I was like, what? Well, I was super young, so I didn't understand what I was doing, but I still had a blast of time, you know what I mean? So, it, it was... Were you like max level playing end of game content? Or? No, dude, yeah, I was I 12. Know. Yeah, 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 there's know, no way. I didn't know. Yeah, no, there's no way. No, no, like no. it takes too. It's too hard to do it's that. It's too hard. Yeah. Like it's. It, you actually need to have some sort of like brain functionality. Brain, yeah, to exactly. Do that. And it's I didn't so crazy. Have that. I think every person on our dev team and like kind of core team has had a pretty serious background in World of Warcraft. Dude, you yeah, Connor is a huge World of Warcraft. Brian, he's a mass. He has a literally. Yeah, look at that. World of Warcraft. Yeah, too. So <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's uh, you know, it's the current tour logo so it's that's how much i played it and loved it um also spent way too much money on it not gonna lie <laughs> anything to rep your childhood you know you look at that arm and you now every time you see it's it, not you even say, childhood yeah, it's like that's where it's I like came part from. of who you are yeah, yeah. It's, it's a part of life i've met so many great people through the game itself it's like it's crazy like that's that's the crazy part that people never understood about like games um and like the metaverse too is like then going inside of a metaverse or inside of a game is just escaping from your real life and you can be whoever whoever you want to be. And the metaverse is that whole next extension of that. It's the next extension because in the metaverse you can do so much more than just playing a specific game. And you know what? I actually think that the fact that you, Daniel, Brian, Connor, all these people that really found a community and a, and a home in World of Warcraft are a part of this team for a reason. And there's a reason why the majority of people on this team have an intense background of video games. It's because the allure of the metaverse and everything that's involved in that with the Keys ecosystem is really the next logical step. And the way I've always looked at it and what really drew me into World of Warcraft back in the days was the fact that it was a whole world within itself. And there's no other game out at the time where you could walk around, interact with people, hang out with them and guilds and essentially have access to a whole economy that actually created real world, real world money. I think it was the first template of what a metaverse is all about. And it's, I mean, for you guys, probably so exciting because you were way more involved in the game than I was to see that coming to life in a VR 3D space Yeah, and to be a part of the building process. It's just crazy. I mean, there have been many times where I had breaks on World of Warcraft, like some 
expansions were just so bad. <laughs> like, I'm not going to yeah. lie. I'm sorry. But, you know, everyone has their favorite and stuff. But like yeah. you said, like the girls and like the communities that you you joined and you spoke to and you raided with, like you get a connection with those people. It's just For not sure. people anymore. It's like... It's Family. like friends. Yeah, you know your, I mean? your guildies are like your life. Yeah, you know? they are your life. Like yeah. even even when you have issues, you could always go to an officer, which is like a higher ranked guy in the, in, guild, in the guild, and you could literally just talk to him, and they they would understand because they've been in similar situations. There are also people that like to you know communicate online and stuff. So it's not just people. It's just it's it's friends. They become your friends. Yep. You spend so much time with those guys. It's absolutely crazy. It's kind of like the Keys community. It's, it is. Yeah, it's like the Keys is a guild yeah. and you join the Keys guild. Yeah. Um, so so I, I definitely see a lot of correlation there as well. There is. Why like, do you think it's being built the way it is? It, you know? Yeah, dude, it's all about community first, to be honest, because that's like, that's, that's, that's where everything comes from. Like the community has like a lot of great ideas, especially in our Discord too. There's so many people that speak up in suggestions and just actually say stuff that actually makes sense like with the small smart contract thing for example with the mm. new method of that guy like the batch minting is now going to be uh, the g same gas is just minting one nft genius that's like a guy just pops in in discord <laughs> and it's like yo guys did you thought about this and then you're like yeah fuck it, let's do it yeah let's just go you it's know the best I mean? idea ever so if yeah. you guys have any more ideas feel free to you know send them our way because at the end of the day you know there's so many good ideas we just sometimes you just don't know about them so yeah it definitely helps when you guys reach out yeah it was so funny i remember being in la just before we get to your pro, pro gaming story and we were having an ama we had just got in after this crazy long road trip it was like a five and a half hour road trip and we're exhausted and we hop on an ama and then we were talking about key card and then we get on this ama and somebody drops a link or I think it was a link to CRO in the in the AMA questions channel. And they say, it'd be so sick if Keys had a card like this. You have all these unique benefits and hotel partnerships and travel um, connections. I wish that I could use them. And we're like, damn, we were just talking about this. Connor hops on, talks about it. Three weeks later, Key Card is now an NFT mint selling out in under 32 seconds. So the community, honestly, is like, we're just picking off the things that they like best or that you like best and choosing the ideas that we've already come up with and saying, okay, like let's act on that one. Education seems to be a really hot topic in the chat right now. And I know that Jaden has specifically been putting a lot of work in thought wise and how we can bring that to life in a way that benefits our community and really like evolves the space um, without taking away from what we're already working on. So super excited about that. Anyway, back to what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know for Gaming. sure. No, I want to <laughs> touch more on that to be honest, because it's actually, yeah. I, I, I've been talking to Daniel about it too, and I've been thinking a lot about it. And I joined the conversation that Nima and Jaden had. Um, I mean, we don't have to go in too much detail, but Keys University as a whole, the opportunities with the blockchain in mind are endless. I think something we're missing right now in the Web3 space is education because it is so new. A lot of people don't really know how to navigate it. And if you are bringing this type of technology to a mass market, you need to teach them about it. And I mean, before the internet was born, like nobody knew what the internet was and they thought it was some weird thing. And then there's now so much education on it that made it mass adoption, right? And then on top of that, you have to simplify things, um, you know, make it really easy to integrate, make the apps super, the UI super friendly, all that good stuff, which is being worked on. But in the meantime, you also need to show the education. And I think like 
Keys University is a great first step for that. You know what's crazy? I was thinking back to like, even just a few months ago, crazy background on blockchain, literally wrote a paper on it in 2017, knew exactly how the tech worked, loved it, knew how it fit in with business integrations, been in a part of a bunch of different ICOs, IDOs, IGOs, the whole nine yards, and then close friends with dev teams, both Connor and myself, and Daniel's coming in as a, as a dev with background running smart contracts and NFTs. And I remember the complexity in the process of launching a token, a, an idea that's actually very simple in practice once you know exactly what it involves. But all the little pieces that go in, the nuances that make or break projects, because it's honestly the most important part is launching that pro that token successfully. Oh yeah. We didn't even know where to start. And we had been involved in this space and we're highly educated. And so for somebody coming in with a really great idea about a token project or an NFT or even building a metaverse, to try and come in and, and understand all the nuances is so difficult. And there's honestly not a single piece of educational content in the space. Remember us sitting up there going through our first uh, contract on Rust because you wrote it for Solana. Yeah. And we're like searching through Google for different types of modifiers and all this stuff and stuff. We're like, we don't even know where to find these answers. And Daniel's got crazy dev Google foo and he can't, he can't find anything. No, I, I ended up finding it by just joining the Discord community and asking yeah. people. Uh, I, essentially, the idea there was <laughs> Solana doesn't allow kind of special configurations with their tokens yet. It's something that they're working on, but Ethereum has it already baked in. Uh, so that's why we didn't go with Solana. It is like the 3% fee. But yeah, definitely like hard to get information and you have to really like put yourself out there and join these discords and communities to find the right people to get your questions answered. And it doesn't even come down to just the dev discords. It's like the people that you meet that have actually been in the trenches, gotten their feet muddy and gone through the process. They're the ones that can come to you and be like, here's how you add liquidity. Here's what a lean contract that optimizes gas fees looks like. Here's, here's how you launch a token without um, getting botted. All these different things that nobody ever understands and really understand how to combat and work with. You need experience to understand because, bro, this space is so different. Before, you'd have to go through a six-month process, sometimes even 48-month process to IPO a product, project mm -hmm. or, or a company. And now you can just do it overnight and then crowdsource, which is super, super cool. But yeah, I think that's, that's basically all we can say. Um, we just have a lot of experience and we want to find a way to bring it to the people in a new and unique way, leveraging blockchain tech. 100%. So watch out for that announcement coming out soon. Let's go back to Yari. I'm very curious. So after you played a lot of World of Warcraft, then you discovered Tom Clancy... Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about how you got into that and then what made your transition from working to professional gaming. Yeah, so actually it kind of went from like, so there's this Benelux Cup, shout out to Milan. If he ever sees this, I'll probably send the, send the link to him after. Send him a clip. Yeah, I'll send him a clip because Milan was the organizer of the Benelux Cup of Rainbow Six Siege and which meant that everyone inside of the Benelux, which is Belgium, the Netherlands and Luxembourg, if you had three people from those countries plus two other people that didn't really matter, uh, where they were from, but you could compete in this Benelux Cup, which was awesome. So I've been at the first Benelux Cup. I've participated with some friends, just thought it was fun, you know. It's something else. Cause What's you, the main prize? Like, what do you win? if You You just won, like, what was it back then? It was 5,000 euros total prize pool. Wow. So it was, like, 2,500 for winner, nice. I think. Crazy. Yeah, for, like, five people. And then, you know, 
it's nice. It's an extra 500 bucks. So for us, it was really fun to like engage in it, try to like win. I was, I'm really competitive as a person. So mm. the moment I see something and I have, there's like a competition inside of it that I want to compete. Same with World of Warcraft. I kind of wanted to go inside of like the mythic dungeon oh, yeah. like space. It's, it's so crazy. But I just didn't do it because... I didn't know the right people. Get the uh, uh, ahead so of the curve notifications. Get, yeah, 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 yeah. Or so, achievements. Achievements, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, basically, I've just been doing Benelux Cup for a couple of times. And then we started first gaming um, with five people. Uh, one Belgium and the rest were Dutch. And we've just been, you know, been playing in different countries and trying to get to like lands and all that kind of stuff on top of staying, you know, number one in the Benelux League. And, um, yeah, that's just basically how it went. It, it just went from joining a Benelux League Cup to just wanting more and more and then going, getting actually, like, Trust Gaming, which is a... Um, it's pretty big in the Netherlands. It's, like, making gear for, like, gamers that are, like, trying to get into gaming. So their stuff is not as advanced as, like, Logitech and, like, high-end pricing, but it's, like, a little bit on the cheaper side, so mm -hmm. it's accessible for everyone. But, yeah, they just you know they just paid us and they were like yo you guys are going to this land and to this land and to this land and they were just sending us out and flying us there and dude it was the best time i've had meeting you know big big teams uh, offline i made some really good friends uh, as well and then after that unfortunately for me it ended so i had to uh, you was know. that by choice or by cut it was if it was a different thing uh, they were thinking they could be better as a team without me so they were trying other people behind my back without letting me know like uh -huh. hey you didn't really do a good job so they were trying to do that even though i was a team captain which was pretty funny that is really weird and weird. then i get messaged on twitter on a dm by someone like hey can i also trial for your team because i know you guys are trialing and i was like bro we're not trialing anyone i'm the team captain unless they're replacing me and then I was like, uh, I was like, oh fuck, that might have been shit, that might have been that stuff. <clears throat> so when I found that out, I was like, yo, boys, it was it was fun and all that kind of stuff. But this is such a snake move that I'm out. Yeah. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be playing anymore. Yeah. Um, which you know back then it was pretty tough. It was like, you it was know, your life nothing, at it, the time. Yeah, it was my life. So it's not really nice to get like booted like that to be honest, because that's basically what they did i mean i made the decision to stop but they made the decision for me mm -hmm. but i'm not gonna lie in the end it all worked out perfectly fine because that actually changed my entire life from that moment on because i was a gamer i was like you know working coming home ordering pizza ordering hot like everything like i was just eating is this so when the gym much transformation right? started? and yeah i was like 115 kg which wow. is like if you 115 times 2.2 is my math sucks, but it's like what two thirty? Yeah, Damn, bro, Yari that's, that's was huge. definitely. I was like two thirty yeah. pounds. Two hundred thirty pounds. It's like I was. I was a fat guy. Yeah. Yeah. I see you looking, Jeff. You're like, Ooh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I was afraid. I was thirty pounds. Yeah. It's now crazy. look at him. He's a bodybuilder. And now it, it's yeah. like it's, now it's, it's it's coming along. Yeah, absolutely. It's coming along. But uh, yeah. Step it on stage soon. Hopefully, yeah, 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 in October. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that they, they you know it made it was a tough thing to go through. But in the end, I started to go to Sweden. I met a coworker, and he was like, yo, he goes to the gym five times, Simon. Shout out to Simon. And uh, basically what he did is he was like, yo, it's over for you. You're just going to join me after work, and you're just going to go to the gym. And he just took me every day, every day. And it just went on, and then he didn't go you know, on a Saturday, and then I went on a Saturday, and then you fall into this pattern. And go. I've never stopped since. 
and that's been like what two years now three years almost yeah almost three years it's 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 funny how like a thing that's so detrimental at first can go into like a situation where you're just like changing your entire life and everything after that is just well i don't want to say perfect but it's like near perfect right of course because otherwise i wouldn't be here so it just dude it comes down to life and thought patterns right and i think you li- you get so used to living this one style of life and your your thought patterns are so ingrained to the point where the wheels in the truck just fall in and you don't even have a choice to get out and it takes somebody to wake you up and whether or not it's like somebody talk coming to you as a friend and saying yo it's time to change or somebody straight up just fucking you over and forcing you to take the truck out of the ruts and create a new path for yourself i was i was just listening to a book and i was talking about this and it was so interesting that you brought that up because I think the gym in itself, that that beginning of in that journey for you was like step one, and that was the new thought pattern and the new lifestyle. And now that's the Yari we know today, three four years later, and in the office as one of the most productive and legendary developers that I've ever met, and um, beautiful, hilarious personality. I don't think I've ever been in a meeting with you where you haven't made me laugh, like almost crying laughing yeah. on the last all hands meeting. We should, we should put that, um, the clip? we should put the clip in where I, I start flexing. Noah walks by and he starts flexing <laughs> and I just take off my shirt yeah. and I start flexing too. We should put that in. Oh yeah, we'll yeah I'll, send it, to so I'll send it to Jeff. Yeah, we need to send it to Jeff. Uh, that was hilarious. But yeah, you need to keep it light, you know what I yeah. mean? Yes, sir. Because if you don't keep it light, then we're all going to be like point? way too focused and sometimes you need that funny guy who just like wakes you up from time to time and it's like oh yeah no i was telling my dad about this last night and i didn't even know we're having a podcast today and i was telling him about this personality on our team named yari and it's like he was laughing so hard and he's like man you guys are building such a great corporate culture at keys and i had to take a step back and and say you know dad it's it's not us It, it started with us but it's all the people inside and like Yari is a key piece to that at Keys. So is Jeff. So is Thomas, who's now on board as essentially a full part-time editor. And so is Dylan and Peter. Like all the guys in here feed into that, as well as the women on our team that we're like, yo, we need more women on our team, please. It's so hard <laughs> to find women in the blockchain industry. So I swear to God, if there's women listening to this, please send us your apps because yep. we need some feminine energy. I'm not even Absolutely. kidding you. 100%. We can't like, we're not going to succeed as a team of guys. And no. I think Nima talks about this all the time because he, he holds it so close to heart with a powerful mother yep. and m- myself as well. Absolutely. We need feminine energy to succeed. So we do. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> there's way too, too, way too much testosterone in the office. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Yeah, we need yeah. someone who yeah. can just be like, yo, guys, folks up let's exactly. go exactly yeah yeah we need some we need to search on twitter there's a lot of people on twitter actually i saw you made a post i, I made a post yeah true nobody responded because they're respond. all gamers so yeah it's like yeah <laughs> i had one guy reach out but he was like python i was like no not python no, it's like, oh, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> so i have a question for you actually yeah, in regards go. to coders um mm-hmm. and, and devs what do you think the relevance of solidity and blockchain based languages is going to be in the next five, 10 years. How does that affect, let's say somebody in university right now, learning to code on very traditional languages like Python or HTML, CSS. And the next elevation of that is once you get to that point, what do you do with it in the web three space? Dude, that's the thing. That's a good question. Cause you're saying like, yo, you're learning like web two stuff in school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But just take your mind back for a second just put put yourself in a situation where web one is out you're in school you're learning web one and web two is along the way 
what what happens like nobody really got onto the train there's a couple of people who got on the train of rap 2 inside of like university and, and, they, and, and they become and they're bi- rich and they became billionaires and they became billionaires you know what i mean so the thing is similar to what's happening right now like it's such a new space but the thing is, is i've always i i I was really critical on blockchain and stuff because we had a talk in our apartment. It's yep. really funny too. I'm just gonna say it. Look back. Look back, indeed. We had a we had a conversation about the blockchain and how like decentralized stuff works. And I was not into the blockchain at all. I was like, it's something that I cannot touch. So when, when he says not into it, like not I into it, I was not into it. it. When we first met at the gym, you're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a full-time crypto trader. We're, we're killing it. You should hop on. You're like, man, my friend, he just has all these bad things to say about blockchain. I don't know if that's a space for me. And I'm like, hit me did, up when you're ready. Did I say that? Yeah, the very first time we worked out together. Dude, that's funny. We were doing yeah. back. It See, was so funny. The, 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 and it was, it was you. It rubs off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably me because I, I had a certain, like, you know, I wasn't into it, but I didn't see the tech behind it. Now that I know the tech behind it, it's, it, and when you touch it, it actually becomes so much more than just, than just yeah. the words from people. Yeah. So also pretty good don't take people for their words actually explore it yourself mm-hmm. before you make you know make up your mind and decision about it it's always better to try and to say afterwards okay i tried it's not for me than to not engage in such things uh, but yeah going back to that conversation that we had is i said he he gave a good example of let's say that in an apartment complex there is people that want to vote about something and on a decentralized web there is nobody that actually is the owner of it so what happens is, you know, the people decide on the favor of the apartment complex, like, hey, guys, do you think we have a, we should have a vote on to have a gym? And then everybody votes on, you know, the decentralized web. And then they make a decision. It's not up to the board. It's not up to the owner of the apartments and stuff. It's not up to them anymore. It's up to the people. Yeah. And my response was, is if an apartment owner slash group is good enough, they will do this and they will let their people decide. You know, you know what I mean? Because they need to see it as a community and they need to do that stuff. And then he was like, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, kind of makes sense, but uh, I still think it's the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I, at the time, there wasn't really much to say, but it, it was more along the lines that like traditional methods still work. You don't need to change it. Uh, you don't need to, like, if it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. Don't, yeah, exactly. So, but in another light, there is some use cases that blockchain does solve better. I agree. Like, I actually, I, I remember, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember he, uh, Daniel saying like, hey, at some point, there's going to be a moment where you need to have NFTs to enter an event. And I was like, you're you're crazy. You're you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> yeah. There is such a big industry, like Ticket Swap and all those kind of guys. Like, there's such a big industry who already does it. How are you gonna knock that over with a thing that is new for people? Yeah. Right, Especially yeah. because there's still a lot of old people who do not even know what the blockchain is. They have no clue how to interact with it. They they don't even know. They don't want to know because they're old. You know mm. what I mean? So how are you going to put that in? Like, they know what ticket swap is because, mm. you know, it kind of is you know, it's being told because yeah. it's what you need to enter a concert right. and yeah. all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I was like, you're out of your damn yeah. mind. And now here I am thinking about ways how to do this. And, 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 <laughs> and now it's all you. With the, with the key yeah. card and yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. it's, so, it's so crazy. Exactly. Like, it just completely hits you from the opposite side where you're actually in it. For you know, sure. one thing I always say to people because they always say like, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Traditional systems still work. And I, it honestly just like kind of hits me in the soft spot. And I'm like, you need to be able to understand the reason why this is the next best step. And the reason why is not because 
it's solving and making the whole process different. In fact, it's just improving the process because ex even with the apartment example, you're not gonna be a property owner and then give a vote to your, to your residents and be like, should I knock it down and rebuild and then give you guys a new apartment? And they're all like, yeah. And you're like, fuck, where do I get the money? You're, of course you're not gonna do that. But with, with a DAO and Web3, you can do that. And the reason why you can is because people now have ownership behind this and they have actual ability to leverage that ownership to make decisions. And they can not only make decisions, but make money and gain access. That's what Web3 is all about. And that's why it's really gonna change the way that Web works. Web1, Web2, and now we're leading into Web3, each stage has brought a whole different layer of, of engagement and benefits. And none of them have revamped the system, really. All they're doing is improving on the one before it. Web3 Web is not polar opposite to Web2. In fact, it's actually the same thing with one more layer of improvement that will make the process so much more beneficial to the parties that are using it. So I don't know, if, if you're sitting out there and you're telling me that Web2 is no different from Web3 and there's really no use case for Web3, I'm literally gonna tell you to go fuck yourself because quite frankly, it's not factual. And if you take a second to like, you know, take a breath, step back, you'll start realizing that that statement is, is falsified and actually quite detrimental to society because Web3 is all about increasing fairness, reducing that gap between um, money, borders, time. And if you actually truly believe that, you're not thinking about the way that technology can improve the world. So yes, I have a very strong opinion on it, but it's because it's very close to heart. Yeah. One thing that I've always thought, which was like, it might be like a really intense subject, but you know, like communism in general, it's maybe like give power to the people. Mm -hmm. I feel like in a way like Web3 and decentralization is communism in a way, but it one thing that made communism fail was you still need to have some sort of centralized aspect to make sure it's all fair for people. And as soon as you have a centralized aspect, corruption comes in. Yes. And then it's like, okay, well, all the money's here. I'm just going to, you know, not give any money to anyone and everyone else is just going to starve. With this way, there is no centralized aspect. Okay. It's, it's truly decentralized. And because of that, the the real benefits and the reason why people wanted communism to work in the first place is now available in this decentralized aspect where there is no centralized body there is no room for corruption um, unless you like account for the 51 percent rule but that, that's just not going to happen like 51 percent of the people are more often going to be the good people than 51 like there's not going to be 51 percent bad people right you know what's very interesting is like I've actually never heard of that approach with a communist kind of comparison because I've always thought about it as a democracy. But when you bring that up, yeah. it's actually the exact medium and taking the best from both worlds. Exactly. We just had a podcast, yes. actually Key's education, education session on what the metaverse and Web3 is all about. And I said, it is and will be the great equalizer for society. And here's the reasons why. If you haven't heard it, check it out, please. Very, very valuable yeah. stuff. Okay, it'll come out soon. Jeff is informing me, it'll come out later, probably on Saturday, so check that out, it's very important. Anyway, I think it's actually the greatest um, bridge between communism, socialism, and, and democracy because now people can vote with DAOs without ever having to actually hold shares and worry about securities organizations breathing down their neck and saying, you can't do this and you can't do that. But at the same time, it's doing nothing but evening the playing field because you know, if you don't like one place, just go to the next one. And you can't really do that if you're a citizen in a, in a country that has a democracy or, or a communist uh, dictator or leadership. Yeah, 
China, you can't leave. I mean, Vancouver, we're here and we're talking about how amazing, but also some of the things that maybe don't work very well with our, with our country. And you're always going to have that 50-50 view. Straight up, you can associate now with communities that 100 or 90% of the people there share your same view, and that's okay. And you can thrive in those communities. If you want to go to a country, you're always going to be faced with 50% opposition, and there's no way around that. Yeah. Now you can actually associate with the right groups of people. Exactly. So sick. Exactly. Dude, imagine if at some point, because you guys are billionaires and trillionaires, we just buy an island as a test <laughs> and we just put people on it. And the only way they make decisions is through a DAO, just literally by the people. I love that. So you know what I was thinking? And I, I sent a voice note about this the other night, the night that Nemo was flying to Dubai. I said, why, why does a country have to be a physical space? Like, honestly. Why can't the country be a digital space? We're literally moving into a time where Whoa, we're building, we're building cool. a fucking universe. We're building it from scratch. And there's going to be citizens. There's going to be people inside of it who are saying, you know, I live here. I spend 80% of my time here. And the only reason why I come out is to eat food because I actually have physical requirements. Why am I paying tax in a country that I don't even really in, live in? I live in the Keys metaverse. I live in Decentral, Decentraland. Okay. Why, what's stopping us as a metaverse creator, provider, um, from taking that metaverse and turning it into a digital country? I'm not sure. I don't even know if that's possible, but our I legal team should be looking too much, at it. I think there's some, some issue if, like, if you're physically on a world in of a course, country, you need to have you, some you, sort of like yeah. residence. If you're but taking then again, resources. Like, these are, these yeah. are questions we got to ask because we do. people like will I've, be living in these spaces. I feel like in a way, like we, that's what we are doing. Yeah. Uh, we are creating our own country and you know there is you have like to be there you, you gotta pay to play um not really pay to play it's like if you want to in real life it's the same thing right if you want a nice car you have to pay up for it exactly so, why should so that, that's what i mean like if you want like something sick you gotta pay you for gotta it. pay it's just Here's my question, it's, but, but at the end of the day like working for that money in order to pay is really the reward i don't know yeah. like yeah that's just my my thought i mean in real life can you walk around and make money through data, data dividends no no. Can you go to the grocery store and, and make money for interacting with the environment now? No, I mean, it's more of yeah. like, I feel like it's more of like a reward of for course. doing that. Of like course. you going to the grocery store and buying an apple. I mean, you don't make any money from that, but now people know how to target those people who like to go and get apples and you're helping them make money. And in turn, you make money for doing that. So I think it's really just the next layer to uh, honestly, like web two, web three is the next layer to our physical world. And I think that's really cool. But I, I love that idea of creating a digital country where people who really associate with that community um, can, can become a part of it. And I don't know whether it has tax implications or citizenship requirements, whatever it is. There will be DAOs and, and systems. Look at Star Atlas, man. It's insane. Yeah. You can create guilds. You can create um, democracies with certain spaces of factions. land, factions, the whole nine yards. That's a, that's a country within itself and, country, and states and provinces within that country. It's already happening. And I think it's only a matter of time before people can, or really regulators start to recognize that maybe these places are countries. I mean, the thing is, though, is if you think about it and if you're factual, do you guys remember Second Life? It's a video game? I mean, the thing is, is that it's actually a metaverse. It's one of the first metaverses out there that was accessible to people. Second Life. I've never touched it myself. But 
the thing is, is that a lot of people are now saying like, oh, everyone's like building this new metaverse stuff, but it's not new because Second Life already did it. It was like back in 2000. I don't know if I'm, it, there's two numbers in my head, 2001 or 2007 right now out of the top of my mind. I think it's close to 2007. But what they did is also, they, there were like articles writing about like, how could you monetize your life in Second Life? I mean, when you're thinking about a game experience, it's a little bit different where you don't really need to add ownership aspect to it. It's like you're just enjoying the experience of the game, right? Well, What's your opinion? Basically, what they did is they created NFTs, which you can buy and you can use that NFT weapon skin across multiple games, which is, in a sense, to me, pretty cool. Because what you get is otherwise you would pay for a skin and that's in that game only and you cannot even resell that skin. You're literally just throwing money inside of it and you get no return, right? right? So... What they did is you can buy NFTs or you have to play a certain amount of time and you get an NFT from them. Right. Which is like, I, I thought that was like, maybe that's why they were angry because it was 600 <laughs> hours that you had to play oh in order to get that God. NFT. Versus you could just buy it. Yeah, I well, don't know if you could buy it. Why not incorporate every item as an NFT, right? Like. Yeah, but it was it was just, it, it, I think they were just mad about the amount of time they had to spend inside of the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, okay. But I, in a sense as well, everybody on Twitter and everybody that is in the gaming community, I think there is a whole, there is one bad thing about it, and that is, besides the friendships, which is really cool and stuff, they tend to aggressively be keyboard warriors. Whenever one f one guy says, like, I don't like this, they are like a sheep of herds, and they just... F herd of sheep. Herd of sheep. <laughs> nice. Herd. herd of sheep, and they just follow this one guy who says this one bad thing, and that's their opinion, and that's their personality all of a sudden. And the only thing you see on Twitter is hate about a certain thing. But the thing is, is what Ubisoft did is I the developers. That's 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 also a, a thing that that was a little bit awkward. The Ubisoft developers actually said at the end they like, were against it. We we didn't want to do this, but we were forced from the top guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is bad for Ubisoft as a company wise. Right. Which is I yeah I think they should have handled that a little bit better. But introducing NFTs in a way where you can get a weapon skin which you can use in multiple games that you play is super awesome. Like, the, the thing is, is that right now in CSGO, there is, you know, some, some skins cost like, what, $300. You have it and you can sell it on the market. But what if that CSGO has another game with knives and you can use that same knife because you have the NFT? Mm -hmm. That's way better. Yeah. You have two for the price of one. It's yeah. just, I don't understand why people are so against it. Yes, right now it's pretty bad for the environment in a sense of, there is a lot of like, you know, electricity being used. Yeah. But then again, those people that complain about it most of the times, they don't do anything about the environment. Do they go outside and pick up things, rubbish from the floor? Yeah. No, do they, they don't. separate they their food? drive and all that no, stuff. No, they don't. Well, they I mean, don't care, but they like to complain. So I've had so many this sorry, before you go, yeah. I've had so many of these conversations with people that love electric cars. I'm like, do you understand that the environmental impact of creating one electric car? is ridiculous and not even comparable to the to really proving 10 blocks on on the bitcoin blockchain so there's the cost of efficiency and the cost of development and this is one of them yeah no for sure i think um i i wanted to say something i kind of lost train of thought but <laughs> it was mainly um around the fact that and like these are the first versions of blockchains that are coming out and so because of that yes there is a big environmental cost but we are seeing and maybe working with in the future, uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, um, of 100% eco-friendly eco, eco, um, eco -friendly chains. 
And this is done by different types of proofs. You, you, you got your proof of harvest, proof, sorry, not proof of harvest, proof of a work, stake. proof of stake, um, maybe proof of harvest. Uh, <laughs> in hint, the, in hint, the end. Wink, win, <laughs> wink, wink. Um, that basically <laughs> allows you to have 100% eco-friendly uh, chains and then you can use those for those NFTs. So I think at the end of the day, we're still early. It's still very early. And because of that, there are some drawbacks, but you still have to be really future forward thinking here and say like, this is technology that can change the world. Uh, let's just figure out, let's find the right way to do it and not just use the first thing that came out. Because uh, the first thing that came out is just pushing people towards that direction. Uh, but in general, that's kind of what... Uh, uh, Pete, Pete just walked in uh, to the office, but yeah, it's it, that's what I think the the future is going. We're just gonna have to. Dude, everyone wait. is at some point going to switch. Like if you if you follow Twitter and you follow the news, then you heard that the guy that was in charge of YouTube, the really big guy, he switched to a blockchain company. Polygon. Polygon. Yeah. If a guy that's been in the scene for that long earns probably more than we all combined yeah. earn right now yeah. per year, you know what I mean? Yeah. Switches to a blockchain company. What does that say for the future? Microsoft when taking over Activision Blizzard inside of like their article. Yeah. It also stated Yeah, they, but they're also stating they're gonna have someone work on the metaverse and what they wanna do with it. Right. YouTube put out a inside of like their twenty twenty two. They're already saying that they're gonna do things with NFTs and with creators and they're looking into way of like making it so that creators can earn more money through like the infrastructure that the blockchain is creating by the non fungible tokens. It's so crazy. It's like everybody is switching to it right now. So so if you're a company out there and you haven't, think about it really good. Even UFC right now yes. with the Dapper or something. Dapper Labs. Dapper Labs. From UFC. Vancouver. From, based in Vancouver, by based the way. Vancouver, and the Vancouver, And the inventors of the ERC-721 contract, Yeah, by the way. It's crazy. They are teaming up with UFC to get their own like special cards and shit out there as NFTs, collectibles. Like, what are, what are we not... Like, why is nobody on the blockchain yet. You know Honestly, yeah, yeah. I'll do you one up. If you're a business out there and you're not considering how to integrate Web3, Metaverse, NFTs in some capacity into your business, you're really setting yourself up for failure. And Yari and I chatted about this briefly at the window this afternoon. And <clears throat> I am a very firm believer, as is Jaden and everybody else in our team. I think Jaden made a tweet about it. NFTs will be unavoidable. Crypto, blockchain, Web3, unavoidable in the next five years. Every single thing you do in the physical world will incorporate one of these technologies. And it's really going to be impossible to function in society if you're trying to actively avoid them. And the reason for that is because it's the next step for businesses. It's going to benefit everybody involved. And I'm really urging any business owner out here listening right now to actually take this into account and start making the necessary adjustments. Because if you were around in the 90s or the early 2000s and you weren't making adjustments to have a buy now button or e-commerce integrations and or you were a physical general, store, like go onto the internet. You, you basically missed out on a multi-million dollar, potentially billion dollar opportunity or your business folded and you got fucked. And I would hate to see a lot of the young progressive entrepreneurs out here today that are, have really successful businesses, whether you're an agency and a service provider or a product creator and seller to not it, it would hurt me to see them not pursuing this because you're, you're, it's, not, it's not in your best interest. So I would definitely urge everybody to take a look, as, our, as you already said. 
Yeah, and the thing is, is it kind of depends like the success of your company on the blockchain and with Web3 integrations and all that kind of stuff. It kind of depends on what you're doing and when you're doing it. Like, it's inevitable. The blockchain, everything, it's not going away. It's not just going to disappear at one time. You know what I mean? So for that, for that, for for you as you want to try and venture into this like Web3 kind of stuff, it doesn't really matter if you do it right now or in a couple of months because it's going to stay. It's, exactly. it's here to stay here, anyway. Stay, so yeah. you don't really have to jump in right now, but you have to think about all the possibilities that your company might be having on the blockchain. Position sure. well or the challenges that happen if you don't. Yep. The cha- yeah, 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 there's going to be a lot of challenges if you don't. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, like you still have to make sure that the use case makes sense. For sure. Because it is expensive. The blockchain does cost a lot of money. Like whenever you make any sort of write to the blockchain, it costs gas. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, depending on how many writes you have, it might just not be feasible in terms of the expenses. Then again, so, it depends on the chain. Yeah, it depends, oh, on, the, the chain. depends on the chain and there's things coming out and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, like make sure it makes sense. Don't just jump at it because it's the next big thing. Make sure it makes sense. Um, that's just my one word of advice as well. Yeah, for sure. And you always, you can always like message anyone in the Discord. So join the Discord and just talk about it. We're here too, like, as, as yeah. a core team. Like we always love to talk about how we can help integrate blockchain and this tech into businesses. So if you're one of those people out there, please slide in the DMs. I know Daniel loves to consult people on on technology. I'd love to consult on how to upgrade your business with blockchain. Yari sure. would too, because he's super passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to support, Kinda honestly. Switched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of switch. It's actually <laughs> it's crazy, crazy how that happens. Think about it's it. Yeah, like I like I said, you have to try something first and wrap your head around it before you start complaining about something. And what I see right now, especially in the gaming community, is that they just they just follow the voice of this one guy who says it's like bad for the environment, and everybody says, oh, it's bad for the environment. But then there's so much more to it, and there's you know options coming along right now which are feasible for the environment, like Daniel just pointed out. Like exactly. Try to indulge in it, especially if you love tech. It's amazing. Like I, I, I just, I just love it. I can literally work ten hours straight and not get like distracted by like a single smidge. Like if my phone goes off, I don't even check it anymore. It's just full focus because it's, it's so awesome. Fun. It's we just awesome. Just watch a pro gamer become a no gamer. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I even stopped gaming, yeah. especially for this. Even though I was just working, coming home, eating, gaming, gaming and and sleeping. Yeah. That was that was my rhythm. Even if if when I was six months not working, I was just gaming full time. For sure. That's it. So I, I want to move to one subject because I know that we talked about this before and some and maybe other people might resonate with this is uh, ADHD and having like some sort of attention um, you know, disorder. And I wanted to ask because there are a lot of people struggling with it and it's hard. And I wanted to ask about your experience and kind of like how you kind of use it to not only like make yourself a better person, but like how, you know, it affected you and all that good stuff as well, because I'm curious about that. That's actually a good question. So yeah, to define ADHD and PDD-NOS. PDD-NOS is something that comes frequently with ADHD, which uh, which is autism. Um, I, I'm on the light spectrum, so I'm 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 in a sense, it's it's still hard. There's still a lot of like things that you know are hard because it's still autism. Uh, but yeah, for you know, since I was young, obviously you get tested and they figure out there is something wrong with you and you get this like big stamp on your forehead, like, yo, this guy has autism and ADHD. Um, so obviously the first thought of people back then was go into therapy and figure out or try Ritalin or try like any like education, uh, medicine. But 
I just found out that it didn't work. Like all those things were hindsight, not what made me me. The best thing is to make sure that those people get what they deserve and people around them, they need to understand what is going on inside of those people's minds and like how we think. Because we think completely different uh, than some other people. Um, so yeah, if you know, if you're dealing with the situation, the only thing I can say is just grow up, live your life, do what you want and try to educate people on what it is and what you have and what is hard for you to understand. Because if you openly talk about it with people, it gets way more easier. Like it's one of the first things I say to people when I get to know them, like, hey, you know, when growing up, like, hey, I have HCC and PDNOS, if you have any questions, just ask me. Because otherwise there might be some weird situations going on where you're like, oh, what's this guy doing? You know what I mean? Because I couldn't really, I can't really empathize with people that well. So when someone breaks their arm, uh, I wouldn't be like, uh, do you need any help? I would be laughing straight at their face because I cannot empathize with the pain that they're currently going through. So it's like, uh, you know, a little disconnect of yeah. how it is. But yeah, if you have ADHD, you just, you just got to find your sweet spot of, focus for me it is blasting music and singing along with music for some reason but everyone has their one thing i used to always do this with my leg i used to always be like you know moving, moving around and stuff because that was what kind of took away the en extra energy that i had which right. let me focus into other things but yeah you're just gonna have a hard time at school everything is gonna be twice as hard but you just have to work for it you just have to do it because there is no other way there's no special medicine sometimes ritalin works obviously but you have to make the decision for yourself if you even want to be on medicine in the first place do you think that in in some ways it's a superpower like in fact like because you're like I don't know. Maybe I might be saying saying same same bullshit, but do I don't you, think so. Do you think that in some ways it helps you and you're at an advantage than other people who don't have it? My mind is working twenty four seven, and it can be really tiring. But it is also pretty cool because I think of things that some other people don't think about. Yes. I always look further than you know I, outside of the box. I always look outside of the box. If you say me one thing, then I can think about it the entire night and come up with 60 other things that might be included inside That's of it. That's a superpower. It's a classified exactly. superpower. And that, that, is, that is a really nice thing. That's something that I really enjoy. Here's uh, one thing that you, you mentioned. Like, I, I've had a lot of people in my life that similar situations or even other, not, not mental disorders, but mental superpowers, mm -hmm. you may put it. Yeah. Um, depression, anxiety, fall into the same kind of category. And one thing that I absolutely despise is when people say there's something wrong, it's a disability, it's a disorder, because in fact, it's quite the opposite. If everybody in the world says the one way to be successful is by being different, how does it make sense that the 2% of the population that have mental disorders, or I like to say superpowers, are the ones who have the disabilities? Um, if we start shifting the script and embracing these people and helping them understand like how to embrace that, turn it into a power and then utilize it effectively, I think a lot of really positive things would happen as opposed to trying to suppress it with over-the-counter drugs and therapy. Why are you going to therapy to get rid of a superpower? I mean, maybe it's because they don't want you to discover it, but in my opinion, it's because it's not understood properly, right? Yeah. And I think you understand it, and that's why when I look over at you at your desk, I'm like, holy shit, Yari's typing like a madman. I came up to you Absolutely and said that. Absolutely killing it. And that's, what, that's what I noticed. Like, I, I, I see you working, and then you're just like focused, but you're like sharp. You're always like, 
have a hundred different things going on. And the fact that you can handle all that at the same time because of your superpower, I'm going to start calling it a superpower, um, is really cool to me. You know, um, I, I just think that's awesome. So, yeah, thanks. Yeah. I mean, well, thanks. I mean, I'm born with it. So born I can't, with it, yeah. I can't really control <laughs> thanks, it. Uh, thanks for that. I uh, appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for that. I appreciate it. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, like, I mean, nowadays society, everyone puts a stamp on something, you know what I mean? Like, you have one bad day and everybody thinks it's depression, but a depression is a real illness. Like, I have family members who are who have manic depression. So, to say for a lot of people, like, oh, I'm depressed, and they still go out of bed, and they still, you know, are able to go to the gym and stuff, is you're lying. Yeah, you're, you're not, not depressed. depressed. Yeah. I'm sorry to say, like, this is this, this might be a bad take for for a lot of people, but... Like, if you are depressed, you don't come outside of your bed. You literally just want to, you know, end it right there and then, and you're just done for it. But all those people are just, for, you know, walking around and like, oh, no, I'm depressed. You know what I mean? Like, for me, it's it's really hard because of also me having a superpower to say you have a superpower without you actually having yeah. a superpower. Maybe depression is not a superpower because it's really, really... I think it is, honestly. I mean, you're... It's it's also pretty hard. It's very hard. It. It's, it's a terrible one to it's, have. It's so terrible but i mean yeah no coming. but like yeah we need to I, I agree with you on the fact that we need to understand more you know we need to talk more with each other we so, need to be more open so one thing that i've always like wanted to do with this web3 space and and just having more moving more online is opening up the conversation and having those spaces for the mental health talk and actually it's funny enough one of the members in our community uh reached out to me and he's like this you know would you guys consider something like this and absolutely we would consider something like this because it really like a lot of people when we're moving to this more digital world, a lot, a lot loneliness is going up and, you know, a lot more people are harder to find like relationships and all these things. And a lot of it could be helped when you're talking to someone and having a conversation and being like, you know, having a therapist. And so the therapist doesn't have to be an actual paid person that you're paying a thousand dollars an hour for. It could be just a friend or somebody online or someone through the metaverse. Right. Um, so there's different ways to go about it, but I definitely think we should have like these talks and open up the conversation on mental health and, and how it affects you, um, you know, in life and, that, yeah. That's why I think the metaverse is also going to be great because what I touched on earlier is that the gaming is not just gaming. It's not just, you know, you gaming. It is playing with friends. It's playing with people that you've never met before but probably also have something that lured them inside of the game, right? Because there must be a reason why those people are gaming. Yeah. So the thing is, is that it starts conversations with people that otherwise would have been totally miserable and now because you and your people are playing, to, you know, you and people are playing together, all of a sudden there's a furry and friendship comes out of it and people actually feel like they have value which is amazing so that's why I think the suggestion is really good and I think it should definitely be touched because it's such a big issue mental health and all those kind of things and I think we indeed need to talk more about it and be more open to each other and educate more on certain S scenarios absolutely especially in the crypto space yes um, it's it's honestly like I think every industry all the way down to sports, um, has their mental health advocates and the people that really stand out and bring it to light. And I think that the crypto industry has kind of been portrayed as a space where everybody's got to figure it out. Everybody's a DJ and it's okay. Wait, like everything you're saying is all cool. Rug pull me, I'm going to laugh. And I don't really think that that's the case. It's kind of be, like everybody in the community, in my eyes, has become a little bit desensitized to the fact that behind these wallet addresses, 
there's real actual people. people and families and lives that you're you're messing around with and it's not a game some people actually commit suicide because you rug pull them and nobody in the space has one felt comfortable enough to dox themselves for reasons that we just discussed because of these crazy degen activities but also too brought up the discussion and i think part of the reason why is because it's just taboo it's supposed to be a space where it's like TradFi, you know, you're Wall Street, you're making bank, all you're doing is showing the good life, you're, you're bragging about it. And I, I, we've been there, we've, we've experienced that and we've felt it. And we've also been on the other side of the, of the table where it's like, shit, I don't really like this. I don't want to be involved in this. And that's part of the reason I think why our community is so amazing is because they've picked that energy up. And for us to have even the forethought, I think, and, and the ability to have a channel where we can distribute information like this and start to share our viewpoint on community building and now talking about mental health, thank you for bringing, thank you for bringing that up, is really valuable because nobody in this space is willing to take that seat. And I'm happy that we can be some of the first people to recognize that, especially given the people that are on our team. Um, I think as you get to know a lot of us better, you'll start to see that a lot of us have superpowers and there's a reason why Keys is positioned the way it is as a result of those superpowers. So for definitely sure. valuable to include. Yeah. Yeah, sure. no, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I, I think uh, to add on top of that, yeah. I think in, in, in our metaphors, I think what we should have is, um, I mean, it doesn't need to be people that are like, you know, paid to do things like, uh, how do you call them? Psy uh, counselors and psychiatrists? Um, like general counselors? Yeah, or just like people that like try to help you when you're like dealing with shit. Right. I think what we have to do is create such a community where it could be normal in the metaverse that they just hit us up and that we just enter the metaverse and talk to them. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's a community that we probably should strive for too and maybe even have like certain like set times where people can make appointments to, wow. you know, do like have a session with me for example or have a session with noah or daniel just because they want something of their heart like yeah the wow. thing is, is they can just they may they, they might have so much value on that specific like time and for us it's it's only a bare minimum to do because they're also humans after all right they are in the metaphors yes but they're still humans so we should probably just open it up more and you know what's you know interesting what I mean? too is that like sometimes it's the stranger that's the easiest person to talk to because Always. you know they hold no grudges and there's there's really no bars held and they don't know you so it's easier i remember there's this one time it's where it was like straight dark <laughs> and it was exactly what you you were talking about with um <laughs> fuck, fuck it's it exactly what you were talking about with the difference between depression and kind of just like feeling a little bit down on your bad day and i was straight up depressed like crying myself to sleep every night couldn't even think about getting out of bed and I remember one night I was like having a really tough time and I was like who, who the fuck do I reach out to about this like I'm going to implode my parents don't understand what's going on they did but not to the not to the scale that it was at so who did I reach out to somebody that I had two guys that I had never really talked with in person before but I knew had been through a similar experience and I, I just reached out for advice I said what did you do in this in this situation I'd love to have a chat and the next day we had a chat and it changed the course of my life forever. And if I hadn't had that chat, maybe I might not be sitting here today. Maybe I may be still in the exact same spot that I was and feeling like absolute shit. But having that conversation with a stranger that's been through it and kind of is in a place of where you wanna be and you could see yourself, but you just can't understand about how to get there 
or bring yourself to make that, that leap, take that leap of faith and get there was the one thing that changed my life. And I would definitely recommend that everybody really does before you make any rash decisions, because Connor had a similar, has had similar situations. I know he'll come on and talk about that, but we can be those people. We'll be the strangers that have had the experience and uh, really help sort those thoughts out. If, if you need that Dude, helping I hand. Think it's, I think it's safe to say that 80% of the people that are engineers or in the crypto space or inside of like metaverses and gaming had similar issues, sort of say, who had, you know, hard times and been through stuff. So just just know that there's always someone out there that will listen. Of course, there's always people that you reach out to who don't give a fuck and just, just be like, yo, ignore those guys and find the one that actually, you know, is willing to help you. But just reach out to people. Like, don't do stupid things. We give a fuck. Like, we yeah, seriously we do. do. Yeah. About all 20,000 people today in our Discord. And maybe in a month, all 250,000. And we're always going to have our DMs open. We might, we might get a lot. It might take us a couple hours to get back to you. But, yo, if you have a problem like that or you have a question or you just want to open, open book to chat with... We're, we're those people that give a fuck. Yeah. And I mean, there's also other people in the community, in my opinion, that are just like us. They have the same mindset. That's why they're with us. And so, you know, feel free to, you know, talk to any of the mods, talk to any of the people within our community as well. Um, you know, that's where I think in a nutshell, like having the value, that's where the value of the community is. You can talk to people, ask questions and, you know, be, be led in the right direction. And I feel like, especially because they're strangers, it gives you that much more confidence and like not really worry or have it come back to you in a negative way. The fact the, the you know, because you're talking about things like that. Awesome. I think with that, just what I changed the SD card out because we've exhausted the storage. So crazy stuff to end on. I think yeah. good topic. I think it was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on, Yari. Is he going to switch it or is he just going to no, be like, yo, I think it. we're good. I think yeah, we're good. How much, how much hours do you have, eh? <laughs> yeah, he just wants what to talk for another five what hours. What time is it? It's like nine fifteen, so that's like what an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's been a minute. Well, we'll we'll get it while we can still cut the clips. Thank you so much for being on here, Yari. Yari, thank you so much. I'm sure we're gonna have like like a thousand more podcasts with you. But for sure, for thanks sure. for coming on and, and telling a little bit about yourself to the community. Because uh, people definitely love to know, and uh, honestly, we talked about a lot of, about a lot of great things today, and I'm I'm excited to you know talk more in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And I just want to finish it off like talk to people, just do it, like search for help. Yeah, if you out. if you can like, give just literally do it. If you can give like one final word, like talk to the camera. What would you say to the? T I just did. Okay, yeah. You didn't see, eh? One love. One, one, <laughs> one love. love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just reach out because we've all been there. You just have to reach out. It's not, you don't have to do this alone. You yeah. know, there's people out there that did the same, that had the same thing, had the same thoughts. Just For reach sure. out and we'll all get better together. 100%. That's what the community is going to be about. <sighs> it, it's Beautiful. what it is about. It is what it Beautiful. is about. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for having we'll me. We'll see you on the next one. Bumps. All right, Let's boys. go. Talk soon.